listening to a pastor in his newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro. Great to be with you. Uh, I'm on a roll now. This is a second episode, uh, two in two weeks. So uh, getting a little bit better, getting back to uh, getting some rhythm and patterns with this podcast. And so we are uh, kind of catching up. A lot's happened in this, this month of, well, the month of September. So since my wife had our newest child, um, catching up on some events that I really want to talk about with you. Uh, first off, uh, I'm not a huge NFL fan. Uh, I know some of, you, some of you out there are Cowboy fans or Titans fans, or maybe you're Packer fans or Bears fans. Um, I always grew I grew up a Redskins fan, but that's that team's not even exist anymore. It's the Washington Commanders, which I'm not a fan of that particular name. But uh, the Eagles, if you're an Eagles fan, you're 4-0, which is a big surprise uh, for that. Um, Titans are 2-2, two two, um, got destroyed by, I think they got beat up by the, was it the Bills? Um, but um, I'm just not really into the NFL, more of a college football fan, and uh, my Vols are 4-0, going to LSU tomorrow. And uh, hopefully Tennessee can come back with a win. Uh, I wanted just to get a shout out. Someone gifted me uh, just a great gift. I got an email and someone offered me tickets to the Tennessee, Georgia football game in Athens, Georgia. And I've never been to Athens. And so I'm taking some friends and we're going to go down to Athens and go see Tennessee, hopefully put together a fourth quarter game with the Bulldogs and Bulldogs struggle against Missouri on Saturday, uh, which was a big surprise. Um, maybe they're not as unbeatable as we all thought. And so, so yeah, the college football season's getting, getting kind of in the, in the October is starting to feel like football weather, which is great. And, um, so yeah, excited about that. So I want to talk about Queen Elizabeth II. She, if you have <laughs> been living under a rock, uh, the long serving, uh, British queen, uh, passed away on September the 8th and, uh, she was 96 years old. And, um, it was amazing because a few days after she passed away, there's just all of these articles about her, just tributes uh, about her and her life. And there were so many people, including myself, that just, um, in some ways adored her. And as Americans, you know, it was kind of odd because we, we, uh, she's actually a part of King George III's kind of royal family. And we, uh, you know, we, threw off our, our, our British identity and we fought for our independence against King George and the British army. And, and we won that independence and the United States was birthed as an independent nation. But, you know, after the, after the 18, the war of 1812, eventually U S and Britain kind of developed a, an alliance and a partnership and a friendship and, and in the United States today, we, we see, we, we've always kind of adopted the uh, Queen Elizabeth as our queen. And we've been interested in, in her life, interested in when her, her family members get married, right? Or get divorced or when uh, Princess Diana passed away, you know, Americans were, were very much uh, impacted by that. And that um, was, of course, I was, I think it was in the seventh grade when she passed away in 97. And uh, so even more recently with the Netflix show, The Crown, which if you haven't watched it, The Crown, I just want to encourage you to to start watching that show. Um, it's such a fascinating show and well-written, 
Um, and there's an episode in the third season that I think is probably one of the, one of the best television episodes I've ever watched. And, um, it's just very good and very rich. And a lot of, uh, some events that happened during her reign that I was obviously being an American didn't know about that were just interesting and, and heartbreaking. And, um, and so there's just so much to gain, but when you, read about Queen Elizabeth's life because she, her reign was from 1950s to now. I mean, what a long period of time to, to live and to be such an important person in, in the, in the world. Um, you know, she was queen just after world war two and, uh, she was queen during the cold war. She was queen, uh, during the sixties and other parts of, um, you know, other issues that happened, you know, um, in the middle East and other areas of the world. And she's just kind of been this staple to the 20th century. And, and I want to talk about how she, you know, how she, um, kind of connected us to our former generations. Um, and, uh, uh, this was written about Queen Elizabeth. This was, um, an epithy that was written about her by Reverend Dr. Lee uh, Gaddis, the director of the Anglican church society. She says, he says, sorry, he says about her, he says, Oh, Jesus Christ, our savior, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We thank you for our late sovereign lady, your servant, Elizabeth, our queen who is now with you in heaven. Grant in your tender mercy comfort to those who mourn her death. Strength and wisdom to our King and blessing upon our whole nation that uphold by your grace and trusting in your goodness, we may know your power to save. For we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. What beautiful words. You know, this was an, an interesting piece of history is when Queen Elizabeth's father, uh, King George VI, uh, if you're not familiar, just to kind of give you a little bit of help here, King George, her father, uh, was the king in the King's speech that was about him. You know, he had a stutter. He struggled to be able to speak publicly because he had this, this communication issue and he was trained to then be able to say what he needed to say when the British uh, declared war against the Germans for during World War II. So when King George VI died in 1952, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great English pastor, and obviously he was a medical doctor as well, he preached a sermon on this particular occasion on February the 10th. Um, and he, he actually preached from Romans 13, 7. And this is how he closed his, his sermon on that Sunday of February the 10th. He says, this is after again, this is after King George X's death. He says, there's nothing more important at this particular stage in our history with regards to our constitutional monarch than character. Never was the character of the occupant of the throne more important. Character counts as never as, as it have never done before. Let us therefore pray that our new queen may always be conscious of this character and that she may regard as the most important in her life, the Christian life and herself as an example of it to the whole nation. Martin Lloyd-Jones prays for Queen Elizabeth in 1952 before she becomes queen. And God answered his prayer. 
He prayed that the occupant of the crown of, of England would be one of character. And if there's one thing that we can say about Queen Elizabeth II, her, about her life is that she was a woman of character. She was a great woman of character. Uh, a great article that I just want to kind of highlight is written right after Queen Elizabeth's death. This is Andrew Moody, who is an Australian um, he wrote on Gospel Coalition uh, just a beautiful tribute article about Queen Elizabeth II after she passed away. And in the beginning of his article, he quotes Queen Elizabeth's 2011 Christmas message, uh, kind of a, a, a part of that message. She, the Queen always gave a Christmas message. And she says, Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. You know, it's interesting about Queen Elizabeth. We don't really know from her actual, I mean, right there, it, it pretty much clear here with that Christmas message of 2011 that she believed in Christ, that salvation only came through him but she was a very private woman and I'm going to re- I'm kind of explain some, some reasons for that. But if you, uh, if you, there's an interesting uh, episode of the crown, I think it's the second season where Billy Graham comes to visit her and how she invited him to come preach at her chapel and how she was such a fan of his and a fan of his messages. And, uh, and she was not an intellectual. Uh, interesting about Queen Elizabeth is that she, um, she loved horses. She was very old fashioned. Uh, she, in some ways, even though she was wealthy and lived in castles and she was a queen, she was very, she acted and the things that she was interested in was very ordinary, very similar to similar to her people. She loved horses. She loved to go out into the countryside and, and hike. And, uh, she loved to ride. She loved horse races. She was a simple woman who happened to be queen of the great nation of England. Um, I, I, you know, I think Andrew Moody is correct that, uh, it feels like the a passing away of our world of a world, uh, with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, as she occupied so much of the 20th century, and um, like I said before, she was um, she connected me to my grandparents' generation, to my great grandparents' generation. She connected me to the moments and events that have helped to shape the world that I was born into, the world that I inherited. Uh, she connected us to the war, to Churchill to the last days of, a, of an empire, to an era, era where monarchs still seem plausible. She embodied the entire 20th century with all the vast changes and turmoils. Of all the changes that happened in the 20th century, she was the constant during a lot of that time. New maps, new countries, new forms of government, new technologies, new possibilities, but yet she was this constant figure. Um, if you are, are unfamiliar with Gospel Coalition, the website, uh, Joe Carter, uh, periodically will write these, these articles called nine, um, nine facts about something. And these can vary nine facts about September 11th or nine facts about Islam. But he wrote one um, right after her death um, about nine things about Queen Elizabeth II. And uh, 
uh, interesting enough, uh, the, the Queen Elizabeth says her code, her code word was London bridge. And so when she, she died, the message was delivered. The London bridge is down. This was the signal communicating the death of Queen Elizabeth, the second, the monarch of the United kingdom and 14 other Commonwealth, uh, that she, uh, that she was queen over. And, um, and so I want to, I want to mention some of these nine things just so that you would know that you, that you would know about her. If you didn't already know already that, uh, Elizabeth became queen because of a divorced American a month after becoming king in 1936, her uncle Edward, the, the eighth proposed marriage to Wallace Simpson, an American who had divorced her first husband and was seeking a divorce from her second the marriage would have conflicted with Edward's status as a symbolic head of the church of England, which at the time disproved of remarriage after divorce. If a former spouse was still alive, Edward chose to marry Simpson over the throne and gave the crown, the crown to his brother, King George, the King George, the with Elizabeth, his father. When George, the died in 1952, he was succeeded by his elder daughter, Elizabeth II. If Edward had become king and not married Wallace Simpson, Elizabeth would never have had any chance of being queen of England. It would have passed on to Edward's children. Um, Elizabeth was married to her teenage sweetheart for more than seven decades. Elizabeth first, uh, first met her future husband and third cousin, Philip, when they were children. They met again when he was 18 and she was 13 and Elizabeth fell in love. They were secretly engaged in 1946 when Philip asked King George VI for his daughter's hand in marriage and the king granted his request but delayed the formal engagement until Elizabeth's 21st birthday the following April. Uh, actually, Philip renounced his Greek and Danish titles and converted to uh, Anglicanism from Greek Orthodox. Uh, Orthodox. They wed in 1947 and were married nearly 74 years before Philip's death in 2021. There were several when she was coordinated her coordination of of coming when she became queen, when she was crowned queen, it includes numerous Christian rites. There were, it was a three hour coordination of Elizabeth included an extended communion service. As she entered the church, she received with the reading of Psalms 122, one through three, six and verse seven. She, she then made her humble adoration and then kneeled on a footstool to make some short private prayers. The archbishop of Canterbury presented her the crown and then asked her a series of questions, including, will you be the utmost uh, of your power and maintain the laws of God and the true profession of the gospel. God, Elizabeth then went to lay her right hand upon the Holy gospel and the great Bible to swear her oath. After she was presented with the Bible and the archbishop step, our gracious queen to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the Bible of God, of the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, princes, we present you with this Bible, the most valuable thing that this world affords. The moderator then add, here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. The service also included a reading from Psalms, 1 Peter and Matthew, as a resuscitation of the Apostles' Creed. Elizabeth was then anointed with oil in the manner of 1 Kings 1, 39-40, and the ceremony includes several more prayers and confessions. 
Um, there's other things about her is that she, as I said before, she uh, was a sin- she had a sincere personal faith in Christ, um, and she would give a, a an annual Christmas message uh, through a radio broadcast before it moved to television, and then internet heard by millions of people across the world. And uh, she would say in, in numerous times, and she would point people to the teachings of Christ and that Christ was the true king who came into the world to bring salvation. She said in her message in 2000, to many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and examples. Um, she was actually one of the most charitable people, um, and uh, and this was motivated by uh, her uh, belief in Jesus Christ. Um, she was a patron of more than 800 different charities. She was considered one of the most charitable monarchs in modern history, raising nearly $2 billion for the organizations she supported. Um, and so, again, Christ was her example for these acts. Um, it said it, it's known that she hardly ever carried cash with her except on Sundays when she would put money in the offering plate. Uh, she's one of the longest serving heads of state in recorded history. Elizabeth was not only the longest lived and longest lived and longest reigning monarchs in British history, but she was also the oldest and longest serving, serving head of state and the second longest verified reigning sovereign monarch in world history, second only to Francis Louis the 14th, who served for 72 years and 110 days. At the time of her death, Elizabeth had been queen for 25,782 days. And so there's some facts, some things to just to know about her. Um, and I want to end just, uh, she's kind of just reflecting on something that we just don't see a lot in our day to day, in our day today. Um, when she, before she was crowned uh, queen in 1947, she promised on her 21st birthday in South Africa. She says, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. And I think the great lesson to take from Queen Elizabeth's life is a lesson I think some of her family have failed to follow. In a world dedicated to individualism and branding, in which duty is a, as a, as a notion um, that is forgotten, old-fashioned, inauthentic. In a world where self-fulfillment is the greatest good, uh, where, you know, finding your true self, speaking your voice, having a voice is the, the most important thing about you. Standing out in a crowd. She was devoted to service, devoted to duty, to her family, to others, not herself. And she meant it. These weren't just formalistic words that sound good in a press release or something that people want to hear. She meant it. She lived it. You know, she was required to keep her personal views to herself. And any sign of partiality would have undermined her ability to represent all her people. So she didn't speak. She had opinions. She had thoughts, but she kept them private. She didn't post them on Twitter. She didn't uh, find a microphone and, and speak into it and say what she you know wanted to say. 
She put her duty before herself. She was selfless in a world that became more and more selfish. Yeah, especially for a a woman who was a who was a leader, she she allowed her character to be her voice. She allowed her duty to her nation to be her voice. She showed us how to be meek and gentle with power and influence like our savior, Jesus Christ. And even though I've never met the, I never got to meet the queen. Um, I like many see her as a hero and in a world where you're fighting to be heard, fighting to be significant. She was a woman who was given a crown when she didn't want it. She didn't ask for it. It kind of fell to her by God's providence. And she lived every day knowing that she was not her own, that she was someone given a task, given a responsibility by God, by her nation, and she served with dignity. She served with honor. She served with character. And if you're a leader, if you have uh, responsibilities or, or leadership um, in any capacity, I think you should. She's a model to follow, especially in a world where authority is constantly misused, constantly abused. You have an example of a woman who had, she was the queen of England and yet she led with meekness and gentleness and character. It's great to have power. It's great to have influence. It's great to have responsibility. It's great to be a leader. But if you have no character, if you have no dignity, if you have no care and gentleness and meekness for other people, you will fail. You will not help. You will only glorify yourself and you will not truly help and serve people. And leaders are called to serve and help people. And Christ is our great model and our our, our, our sister here, Queen Elizabeth II, she followed Christ's example and we should do the same. And uh, so this is a, it's a tribute episode to Queen Elizabeth II and uh, she will be greatly missed. Uh, she's a hero of mine. I know a hero of many others and um, she will be greatly missed. And like Martin Lloyd-Jones, we should pray for King, King Charles, pray that he would lead with character he hasn't been a man of character during his life, but maybe there's change. Maybe for his son, William, who is next in line to the throne, maybe he will lead with character like his grandmother. But we pray for, you know, we have a presidential election coming up in 2024. And I want to pray for our American leadership. We have midterm elections coming up soon. I pray that President Biden would lead with character. That would that he would see her example and follow the same. We have too many examples of recent history of leaders who showed bad character, bad character. There's no excuse for being a leader and having bad character. That's not a, a virtue. And may we see more leaders like Queen Elizabeth II who have power, but yet lead with meek and gentleness who are Christ-like leaders. I pray that for myself. I'm a leader in the church. I'm a pastor and a noble task that uh, 
pastoral ministry is. It's, it's, it's a noble task to be called to, uh, to be a pastor in Christ's church. But with that task, with that responsibility, with that leadership, we are required to lead like our Savior, Jesus Christ, to be a great shepherd over his sheep, to not be a ruler, to not be a tyrant, not to be a dictator, not to be about our brand or fulfilling our, our goals and interests, but to fulfill Christ's goals and interests and to care and serve the people that God had put under us. And so I pray for our leaders. I, I want you to pray with me for our leaders and uh, pray that uh, this will not be the last um, great leader of the world with, of character. And again, we will miss Queen Elizabeth II and um, hope and pray for King George. I mean, King, sorry, King Charles. Um, long live the King. This has been a uh, pastor in his newspaper. Thanks for joining us, uh, joining me. And I uh, hope to see hopefully with you next week and uh, keep reading the news with the Bible in your hands.